Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 268 for the week of May 25th, 2013. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with Emmanuel Marino. Hello, everybody. Xbox One will now change my life. It'll be the center of my everything. It will transform it all. Also here, eating chicken nuggets, Anna Marie Neufeld. Nugs! And in a week, she'll be Anna Marie Privetier. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. Apparently she's That's not happy about that. To say. <laughs> I thought she would be happier about that. All right. Adam also, here, John, your word. I'm eating chocolate digestives. Mm, what? What do you mean digestives? Not heard of chocolate digestive business. Yeah, it, it, digestives are not available in the U.S. Okay. That is oh. a very Commonwealth thing. Alrighty. What makes it's some... a type of um, cookie cracker? Okay, so it's not like Pepto Bismol cracker. Oh in God. Well, it's it's a cookie, sort of, but it's a cracker, but not really. You, <laughs> you eat them with tea. Okay. Great. All right, we got a lot to do and very little time to do it this week. Anna and I have to go get her feet cleaned. Um, My feet are not that stinky! Yeah, then why are you getting a pedicure? Because I want pretty toesies. Yeah, stinky feet. All right, and then... Um, Bye, Bay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else. Honestly, to Anna, you couldn't have done it at two. No, know, they didn't right? have it open. Yeah, we did ask. <sighs> Some people. <laughs> All right, well, let's get going. Let's talk about what we've been playing. And I'm going to jump into it first. I've been planning a wedding, darn it. That's too much stuff to do. <sighs> I've also been playing hey, a lot. One yeah. week. One get week. Get to the finish line. Uh, not, not till the f- thank you cards go out. Uh, I don't think you have much to do with those. I think oh, that's kind of a me thing. Oh, don't worry, I'll loop sleep. you into them. No, that's okay. Puzzle and oh, Dragons. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've been playing tons of Puzzle and Dragons. I'm totally back into that. I've been playing less than you, but I'm definitely back into it. I'm I'm starting to figure out how to get good at it. I've read some strategies. I've been leveling up guys, and it's really fun. Oh, and Michael's playing they, it now, They too. also had a huge patch where they have added, like, before a, a monster could only be one type, and now there's a bunch of monsters that either have two types or even two colors associated with them. Mm-hmm. So, for example, there used to be a bunch of stuff that it was just straight dragon. And it was great because my team was all dragons, and I could pick up a couple of friends that had, like, two times attack for dragon as their leader skill. And now it's like there's a bunch of stuff that it's like dragon slash chaos, dragon slash god, god slash something. And so it's cool because it lets you have um, a much larger diversity of teams because all of those buffs that affect specific um, classes like that um, suddenly become much more viable on a far greater range of teams. So I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to spend some money on it. Mm. I don't know about that, but yeah. uh, definitely play it more. All right, so I've also been playing another game that I kickstarted and forgot that I kickstarted, and it's called Cran Chronicles. And this is a roguelike um, that's all done with kind of like school crayon type artwork, and it, it's really nice looking, and it's uh, it's cheap. I I paid a buck for it in the Kickstarter. No way, I bought. I paid two dollars. And uh, totally worth the money. Great music, great little, uh, great gameplay, uh, standard little roguelike thing. The only problem, of course, being a roguelike is I'm having trouble getting to the later stages of the game because I'm not very good at it. Um, hopefully that'll change over time. Um, and it keeps a running tab of all your characters, and you can kind of go through history of, you know, how far did this guy get and this guy get. And it, it grades them when you're done because you're in school, so you get kind of a 
a school grade on on your progress. And yeah, uh, totally worth checking out. Cran Chronicles, go search it out. Uh, what have you been playing, Anna? Um, well, uh, Puzzles and Dragons, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then Dragon Fantasy finally got the 1.10 patch on the FIDA. So I played just a tiny bit of that. Um, but it's cool because we found out there's actually a bug with the PS3 version. And we would have never found it had someone not sent us a picture of their TV. Because it turns out the bug only affects people that are using non-HD TVs with RCA cables. Oh, good. <laughs> and in fact, it, it took Adam and Brian longer to find RCA cords than it did to, to find the bug. To fix the bug? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Which is awesome. I just That was so cool. I had to share it. And then I actually jumped back into Fire Emblem Awakening this week. So um, I actually made a spreadsheet like a, a couple of months ago. And I put together all of the marriages that I want. And I've done about half of them at this point. And it's cool because um, I'm actually discovering that the, um, I, I put together some of the couples that were a little unorthodox, like not the obvious choice. And I actually find that um, the unobvious choices have better written romantic storylines. So they're all really, really cute, and I really like them. So I'm definitely enjoying being back in Fire Emblem. I'm just classing over to my first set of advanced classes for almost everybody at this point. And I think I'm on, like, Chapter 11. So that's that's the bulk of what I've been playing this week. Who's next? That would be you, Manny. I've been playing the email game. Email! You've been, you've been knee-deep in uh, E3 stuff, right? Yeah. So... I've been foraging you all my uh, E3-related appointment emails. There's some real gems in there, Chris. There are, aren't there? Uh, let's see. What? <laughs> let's see. Let's go to my sent to Emmanuel Marino. Um, what What have been your favorites so far? I don't know. Was it the appointment to go see gaming chairs where you get to go sample a bunch of chairs? Oh, like my God. Chairs? I saw that, and I deleted it. <laughs> he forwarded it to me because like, oh well. I'm only sending you the ones that I think you're going to care about. I'm, the garbage ones, I'm not sending you. I'm sending so, them everything. <laughs> so the appointment is like, okay, well, I, I just imagine like you walk in, it's like, oh, I'm here to see the gaming chairs. Well, go ahead, have a seat. Oh, this one's pretty comfortable. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Next, oh, this chair is yeah. This is totally. Oh, this one looks like a race car. <laughs> Next. And then he sent me another appointment, like an actual appointment, to go see Nintendo 64 controllers. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, know, we what's need. Going on that. Yeah, there was a retro one. Uh, it, I'm not seeing it in my sent items. I don't know what's up. But uh, it was uh, it was not great. <laughs> um, let's see. Trash. Okay. Now, here is my question. And. This might be a little insider politics, but what the hell is up with these companies that t- that ask us to book a meeting and tell us nothing about what they're showing? Oh, no, uh, here it is. <laughs> there, there are people who have done that in the past, but I mean, this year it's like they're kind of being arrogant dicks about it. It's like we're RP Gamer. We're not IGN. We don't cover everything. 
So if you can't tell me that you're going to be showing an RPG, I just think you're a putt. Yeah, but, you know, they, they think all the specialty sites have died out by now. Yeah, but this is so, th- sometimes these are people that we've worked with, like, for years. Yeah, they don't know. All right, so here, here, here you go, Manny. Um, <laughs> I love this. Please join us at E3. It starts here. Visit our booth. If you'd like to schedule an appointment, blah, 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 blah. They take halfway through the email before they actually say who they are and what they're selling. Inex is rapidly growing into one of the most recognized and trusted distributors of video game accessories, and we look forward to sharing with you all of our new and innovative products at E3, including the Wireless Hypermode Series Controller for Nintendo 64, the Wireless Hypermode Series Controller for NES, SNES, slash PC, slash Macintosh, the Wireless Hypermode Series Controller for Genesis, slash PC, Macintosh, the Super Retro Trio, and the Super Retro Adapter. This is what we need to see at E3. Uh, I'm cool. What about PlaySeat America? We are the premier manufacturer of gaming seats, which support solutions for hardware designed for sim racing and sim flight gaming. Huh? Yeah? No? Those, and those chairs are expensive. Yeah, I went to the are. website. Yeah? So much money. <laughs> I'm confused. It feels like our names got onto a list for... Everything? Yeah. Yeah, that's how they did it different this year. This is the general E3 mailing list that these are And going I to. opted out, so I got nothing. Usually when I opt out, I don't get stuff like this. <laughs> well, I made sure you got it. Thank you. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, you're very welcome, Manny. <laughs> All right. John, you've actually been playing a game, right? Yeah, just the one. Yeah? What well, is it? I unfortunately, I did not take the opportunity to go to the MGM Expo in London this weekend because I might have actually had the opportunity to have my copies uh, or my copy of um, uh, Tales of Zillia signed by uh, Hideo Baba. Um, but yeah, I didn't really want to go. It was it was it's a long way to go and a lot of money to spend for a signature, even if it's kind of cool. Oh, that'd have been cool though. Yeah, it probably would have been. Um, I would have taken both my copies of Tales of Zillia and Tales of Zillia 2 to get signed, because I know both of them out, aren't out here yet. Um, so yeah, I've been mostly just chewing through uh, Persona 4 Golden this week. Fun times. Alright. Oh, oh, oh! There oh, is a game that I played this week that I forgot to mention, but it's embargoed, so I can only tell you that I have it, and that I like it. It is called Scurvy Scalawags. Sorry, Scurvy Scallywags. And it is like a new match three RPG from Ron Gilbert. Cool. So the guy who makes Monkey Island. Yeah. So it's going to be, I really like it. It's cool. It's like, I, I find that I get really bored with match three games unless I have a really good motivation for why I'm matching. Like I get super, super bored of a jewel, but I like puzzle quest. And so this is good because it's got that great hook. And I probably said too much, so I'm going <laughs> to skip on. <laughs> okay. That's cool. That's so cool. If it's coming out, I believe, early June. I don't think they have a firm date quite yet because they have to do Apple certification. So, yep. It's fun. I like it. I think lots of people will, too. Cool. So, um... All right. Well, you can't say anything about it. All right. <laughs> so that's it. That's all we played. All right. 
Hey, man, we got more important stuff to do. We do. Like dance lessons. Well, yes. I I don't think that's what he's referring to, though, Anna. Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. I need to stop this commercial. McDonald's. (laughs) McDonald's. All right. I'm back. That That was a Sony patent. Okay. I saw that yesterday. Everyone that's been going around the internet because people are worried that's what the the Xbox will be. Well, apparently all the Xbox One cares about is when you masturbate and if you yell at the TV to get achievements. Yell at the TV to get achievements? Did, yeah, apparently Microsoft did a brand new pen or something where where they'll uh, they give you awards for watching television. Awesome. I'm- oh. So we should probably get into the Xbox One discussion. We probably should. It's my favorite part about the Xbox One presentation. They wanted you to watch it on your Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, if you had an, if you had a, what do you call them? A Connect. Connect. Yeah, if you have a Connect with your Xbox, as they were doing the commands during the presentation, it would pick up on your your Connect and shut off the presentation. Oh god, that's hilarious. <laughs> so let's With the power of connect, switch, and we go. Yes. So let let's talk about the Xbox One. No, Do we have any feedback too? We've got to a lot of feedback. So let's let's oh, jump into our feedback section. Okay. First off, Shaman talked about our, our GBA discussion last week and said we missed some games in our GBA RPG list. We missed Final Fantasy V, which is the best version of it without question, and he's right about that. Um, Fire Emblem, or at least the f- best version that's out here. Fire Emblem and the Sacred Stones, uh, both of those, and Pokemon Emerald. And let's see, Pokemon, PSP games that aren't on the Vita, the Final Fantasy One and Two remakes that are North America only, uh, or they're only not out here in the U.S., which is great. Kingdom Hearts, uh, BBS. Birth uh, by Sleep. Yeah. Star Ocean 1 and 2, the remakes. Crisis Core. I feel like I mentioned Crisis Core. It's not on the Vita. Um, Valkyrie Profile. Among the games that were missed, the emailer may want to look into the Department Heaven series, Riviera, Yggdrasil, Knights in the Nightmare, and um, Gungnir. Thank you, Um, Shaman. Now, here's the thing is, I was actually thinking about those, um, and I think I commented on it in in the thread for this podcast, that... The the Department Heaven games, for me, I love them. There isn't one that I don't like. But I look at all of my friends that have played them, and there is no ambivalence. They are either hit or totally miss. Mm -hmm. As much as I love them, Michael loathes them. So I I have a tough time recommending them, even as much as I love them. So out of that list, Riviera, Yggdra, Union, Nights in the Nightmare, and Gungnir, I would say um, Yggdra, Union, and then go to Riviera. And if you you like those, if you love those, then go to Nights in the Nightmare and and Gungnir. Okay. Gungnir. Gungnir. All right. Um, He says, if you use the black and white to memory link, there's nothing character-specific that carries over. If you're Pokedex completionist, you may want to stay with the color since you'll get access to the version mascot you missed in black and white one. If you had white one, you get Reshiram. Having white two lets you get Zekrom. That's interesting. That's good to know. All right. Brennan writes in and says, RP Gamers, this past week, I came up with a fun party game for video game nerds, especially ones that have a knowledge of the industry like you guys. This game is called Bad Game Crossovers. 
Each player is given a game franchise that is either popular or has a passionate fan base. The goal is to come up with a game idea or title that totally takes a franchise out of its normal genre, ruins its gameplay, or otherwise would incite players' ire with its horrible qualities. So here goes my list. Please feel free to add your own to the list. Bad RPG game crossovers. Um, Harvest Moon, Defend the Pot Fields. Um, oh, yeah, with Far Cry. Suikoden, All 101 Stars Kart Racing. Actually, that might be pretty good. Scooby-Doo Devil Summoner. <laughs> Chocobo Race or Die. Uh, Super Robot Theoretical Mechanics Simulator. No, sorry, I'd play that. Yeah, I know, so would I. <laughs> My Little Pony, Horses of Hyrule. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Dance Party. I'd totally play I'd play that. I would play Pokemon Dance Party. Tales of the World Cross <laughs> Cooking Mama. I'd, I'd actually, I might play that. Xenosaga, the interactive text adventure. I'm definitely playing that. <laughs> Pokemon Cross Archie and Friends. Or, no, Persona, Persona Cross Archie and, Archie and Friends. Even Friends. better. <laughs> yeah, I'd play that. <laughs> Ease Tactics. <laughs> See, I play Ease Tactics. I think that sounds like a great idea. Final Fantasy Dating Simulator. What if they mated? Oh, man, the Chocobo <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Thank you. I think we should do that uh, in a future episode. Come up with our own. All right. Come up with ones that people won't play? Yes. <laughs> we'll play half of those. <laughs> Seraphim Kitten writes and says, Hey, pause casts. I was happy to hear Michael is playing Tactics Ogre. I've been watching Flynn play through Final Fantasy VI, and it isn't living up to how good it was when I was 12. If pressed to list my favorite games, Tactic Ogre now lists, tops the list. That said, I'd like to offer a little clarification to help Michael out. In regards to leveling characters, his random battle, the random battle system is the same as it was in Tactics. When going over neutral areas, you can get random battles. Uh, Tinmouth Hill is a popular leveling point, or the Forampa Wildwood is a dungeon that resets the moment you leave and makes leveling easier. In random battles, and once you beat the game, the enemy units you face are based on your highest deployed character. So if you want to level up your Pirate Ninja, Lotus Knight, and Songstress classes, you could just deploy only those low-level characters, and the enemies you face will be that level. Don't forget that some classes can't be used by humans, so break out some orcs, pumpkins, uh, lamia, fairies, and gremlins to try them out. Um, While during the main game, money isn't as much of an issue, when you pick up a tarot card, it increases your stats permanently. It can be worth killing all the enemies on a level instead of rushing the bosses, just for that fact alone. Chris, on the chariot feature, it doesn't affect the ending... But it does limit your achievements. While Michael doesn't like characters having three lives, it makes the game less stressful. If a character permanently dies, you can scavenge their skills to another one of your characters, which comes into play mostly post-game. Who doesn't want a flying Hawkman pirate dual-wielding pistols? And then finally, Manny, I've been trying to go through all the post-game, and my hours played is 500 hours and counting. The world system allows you to go back to anchor points in the game and see how the different choices play out. So if you want to see all the content the game has to offer, you're looking at four main chapters, redoing them on Lawful, Chaotic, and Neutral, four fun Coda chapters chapters that were DLC in Japan, and then various bonus dungeons and bosses going as deep as 115 floors. Wow. I think this would be my perfect game if it only had competitive, cooperative multiplayer like Tactics has. Tactics has co-op multiplayer? That's cool. It must be the PSP version. I want to do that. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Master Chief says um, we should read all of You our... remember the fact that you had to, like, hack your PSP to get it to work over Wi-Fi? Because it's local only, but there's a hack up there. You and Michael were playing it mm, yeah. online. I forgot. I hope you guys read the after-reveal post on the Xbox One thread over at Miscellaneous Gaming on the show. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, we'll have to bring that up. Anna, bring that thread up. Uh, all right. 
Shoyab says, to answer your question of the week, what did I think of the Xbox One reveal? All right, folks, now we're getting into it. Not much. The presentation was disappointing. The lack of games and being very US-centric were a big turnoff. It hasn't really impacted my view of the console itself, as I don't think they have revealed enough for me to form a strong view. As the internet has already voiced its disapproval of the Xbox One, my question to you, is there a game system, past or present, that you don't like? Well, isn't that the Jaguar for everybody? No. You'll find crazy you'll find crazy um, people like anything. Yeah. I didn't really like the Xbox One. I never bought it. Never had games that interested me. Yeah, I was yeah. never interested in that one either. Yeah, I, I I was never interested in the in the Xbox or the three sixty and I still don't have a three D S. Uh, personally, Shoyub says, I am starting to really dislike my 3DS XL, the cheap build quality being the main reason. This is exacerbated by my most anticipated game of the year, Fire Emblem, turning out to be rubbish. Try playing it after XCOM Enemy Unknown, and then you can see just how bad the AI is in Fire Emblem. Maybe I should give my 3DS to Quinn, then he won't be able to say, I don't own a 3DS, Chris, anymore. I hope you have a lovely wedding and honeymoon. Regards, Shoyub. Hmm. Thank you. I have to disagree. I like my 3DS XL a lot, and I know you love Fire Emblem. Do you understand why he would say uh, shoddy build quality? No. Do you understand that part? Remember the the plate that I was peeling off the back last night, Well, you were breaking my 3DS. I think that's you, not my 3DS. I I think it feels better than my old 3DS, the first one, which you still have. What you saying, Manny? I don't know, man. That the first 3DS. I mean, the the basic 3DS is kind of ugly too. It is ugly, but it seems. I don't know. Is it, does that have a better build quality? Hmm. All right. I don't know. It's you all know, just cheap plastic. Here, let me explain to you how Anna works. I've got her other 3DS here. She's dual wielding RPGs. In her 3DS, she's got Bleach, Third Phantom, and in my 3DS, she's got Fire Emblem. And she's just switching back and forth between the two. I also have Pokemon 2 and Luigi's Mansion sitting in a bag on the... Yeah, no, I'm just talking about what you have literally active, so you can just flip one clothes and play the other. Yeah, yeah. You didn't talk about Bleach. You didn't tell people about that. Is that any good? Oh, because I don't have a strong impression yet. I've only played a tiny amount of it. Oh, okay. I think the graphical style is amazing. It's like chibi, but not quite chibi. Mm Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I've only played a couple battles, and both of them were basically tutorial battles. So I snored through them. So I don't have a good grasp of how the game is really going to play. Okay. All right. Next is a letter from Raw Steel UT. And he says That's hey, Master Chief. It is? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hey guys, I would like to take this moment to thank Microsoft from the bottom of my heart for the Xbox One announcement. The amount of money I'll be saving by skipping their draconian, unattractive, Connect mandatory disaster is enormous. You know, it's funny. I was worried about skipping this generation because I was afraid the PS4 was going to blow major chunks. Hell, I even bought a Wii U out of that fear. Instead, it seems that Microsoft is going into the junior year slump that seems to happen with any successful console manufacturer. Seriously, first it was Nintendo with the N64, then Sony with the PS3, and now Microsoft with the Xbox One. By the way, lamest name ever. Um... I have to argue with that because people are just going to call it Xbox, so it won't matter at all. I mean, that's all that's on the box is Xbox. So and I, I mean, know. here's the thing is, is that didn't they learn from Sony's mistake? I mean, there was a PlayStation and a PlayStation 1. Yeah. And I worked at EB when they were still in stock, 
And let me tell you, trying to explain to people the difference was a friggin' nightmare. Well, those two were out at the same time. These two aren't. Yeah, but, I mean, even things like Google Xbox One. Just give me the latest Xbox. That's all that matters. I don't think it'll be a big deal. But, all right. This isn't to say I'll be completely sitting out on gaming hardware this generation. Obviously, I have my Wii U. I'd argue if that's the new generation, but okay. And actually, I already have a bunch of games for it, and I'll be picking up the Retron 5 and Ouya when they're commercially available. But okay, the Retron 5 is a retro console. That does not count as this generation. And the Ouya hardly is just... It's just like a last-gen Android smartphone without the phone. Yeah, I was going to say... We haven't seen final Ouya hardware. Apparently, the early hardware is not as good as the later hardware will be, but... Well, what they're saying is that they're going to update it yearly. Let's not be snobs. They're coming out now. They're this generation. They're not competing against Sony and Retron 5 is not this generation. Wait, wait. You mean Ouya is not this generation? It's a retro console, Anna. It's, so, not, it's, not, it's playing Super Nintendo games. It's not this it's, generation. This is the newest release for it. <laughs> okay. Except there's no games being developed for it. Um, yeah, there are. No, there aren't. There are Genesis games that are still coming out. Remember, Brandon just bought one. Oh, Pure Solar? Yeah. That came out like two or three years ago. No, it didn't. All right, whatever. Also, since Sony doesn't appear to be restricting used games or mandating internet connections, the PS4 seems to be a viable option unless something disaster turns up at E3. Honestly, if Sony isn't looking at the Xbox One and saying, this is what we don't do, I'd be surprised. If worse comes worse, however, I could say with absolute certainty that I've got more than enough gaming ready to go for the next five years or so without, quote-unquote, next-gen consoles. And that doesn't even include uh, good old games and humble bundles. Um, all right. Then he talks a lot longer. Um, now okay. he basically keeps railing against I'm Microsoft. Have an actual good rebuttal too. So oh, so I should read it. Okay. Read however, it and we'll go into discussion about it. However, almost as troubling as the DRM encumbrance on the Xbox One is Microsoft's continued commitment to trying to pimp the Xbox to people who don't give a crap about video games. Does Microsoft not understand that there are cheaper alternatives for those who want set-top boxes? Uh, for example, boxing Apple TV or eighty to hundred dollars. Um, and modern Blu-ray players are having more and more of those features put into them for about the same price or less. That's ignoring the obvious plug-a-cheap PC into your television through the HDMI option or the emerging smart TV market. I kid you guys not, I can do the whole Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, Amazon thing on my Blu-ray player, my PS3, my Nexus 7 tablet, and my PC, and my Wii U. Um, Microsoft goes full bore with the living room takeover thing at their own peril, and while I hesitate to wish them ill, I do hope they're awakened soon. Okay. So there's, I think, four points that I want to counter in here. Um, number one, the some of the things that he's talking about, like a boxy box, don't have living room name recognition. Everybody knows who Microsoft is. Everybody knows what an Xbox is. Well, the and boxy it, box has actually been discontinued. Now they're just doing boxy TV, which is a different... It's a right. cloud DVR. They're I mean, that's, that's the other thing is yeah. some a bunch of these... And um, have they made a new Roku yet? Yeah, they just released it. Just released it? Okay, because, yeah. yeah, the one before that, it was about a two-year gap. Because yeah. we were looking at a brand-new one for your dad two Christmases ago. Yeah, they just, yeah, it's that's all updated. Roku 3's up. Right, so, but I mean, again, how many people know what a Roku is? A lot of people know what a Roku is. That's fine. That's fair. And, you know, I'm I'm asking the question I'm not trying to challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if you go up to a random person on the street and go, do you know what a Roku is? Okay, do you know who Microsoft is? I mean, I think you're going to get more people that know who Microsoft is. Do you know Microsoft makes a media box for your living room? Did you know that Microsoft makes an Xbox? Yes, that's the video game box, right? That's where you play Halo? Well, you know what the name comes from, right? The Xbox one. 
It's the one it's thing everything you need. In one. Yeah. Right. And I mean, here's the other thing is that um, there was a really great article and I should have bookmarked it because I don't remember what site it came from. And it was two slides out of um, like Sony's financial presentation and Microsoft's financial presentation. And Sony has actually lost like $100 billion on the PlayStation 3. And Microsoft has lost almost as much, but as like they started, tre- they started trending the Xbox as the all-in-one thing you need in your living room for entertainment in 2010. And ever since then, all they've done is go up. They were like under, under, and as soon as they changed, changed their thrust of what they were doing with the Xbox, they started making a profit with the mm-hmm. Xbox. Mm-hmm. So people may think that this is completely insane, but I think that they're really smart. I think that they are they are positioning themselves so well with brand recognition and with easily identifiable motions and actions. It's like, you know, this is targeted so well at the American audience, especially males between 25 and 40 and the 18 and 25 market. They are doing a fantastic job targeting those people. And this is going to be the thing that you have in the living room that does everything for you. And by the way, it also plays games because there really isn't anyone else doing that in the market. There are box tops alternatives. Like, yeah, people can plug their TVs in and their tablets in, but that is not a plug a cord in and it works process. That stuff all has to be troubleshooted or even, or honestly, Doing that feels hard. Doing a Roku feels hard? No. Plugging in your um, tablet or plugging in... Your PC? Your PC to Especially a Especially your PC, I would say. ...feels hard. Yeah. It, it isn't. We know that. But we're also nerds that are used to dealing with all sorts of cables and how do we troubleshoot this and where do we look to find a solution for it? I mean, this stuff is really aimed at that audience that's just like two or three years older than us that didn't grow up with as much technology, that weren't into computers until they were an adult and in the workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, we are sort of exceptions to the rules. You know, out of a class of 30 people that I had in junior high, there were three of us that knew how to work a computer. And it was me and my best friend and one of my other friends. Mm-hmm. And that's it. No one else knew how to work a computer. No one else had a computer at home. Barely anybody else played video games. So, I mean, I think they're doing a fantastic job positioning themselves into a market that isn't being tapped by anybody else. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Xbox One is going to be a good console for gamers. I have to see the games before I see before I know that. And Sony and Microsoft are both holding on to those until E3. So I think the presentation did a good job at what it intended to do. And it pissed off the gamers. Absolutely. And I think Microsoft said, that's fine. We can do that. Mm-hmm. And when E3 rolls around and we see the games, then I think people should make a decision. Okay. Um, what else was I going to bring in there? All right, well, we got another letter here, and then uh, we can really get into this. 
This is from Ocelot. says, so you folks probably won't be surprised at all that this week's email is all about the universal wonder that is the Xbox One. The all-in-one gaming music movie, TiVo, Twitter, Facebook, sports, toaster, lawnmower, oven contraption that the folks that brought you other amazing wonders like Windows Vista and Internet Explorer are bringing out. I'm assuming you've skipped feedback and are now in the news section. So let's dive in. (laughs) No, we didn't. Hey, I tried to. All right. Number one, what do you expect the price will be? Multiple SKUs or just one? Any special discount plans like $100 up front with a two-year subscription to Xbox Live? I think that there's going to be like the Wii U, where there's going to be a basic box. And I think that if the closer they can get that to $299, the better that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's going to be a gamer box, and it's going to be $399 or $450. And what's going to differentiate the two? Um, bigger hard drive. Uh, a starter Xbox Live subscription, probably a game. Hmm. But why are they so upfront with the five hundred with the five hundred gig hard drive right now? I think um, that would stop to the gamers. That, or they wanted to to pimp specs that they don't think Sony's going to be able to meet. Hmm. I mean, did Sony announce a hard drive? No, 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 that's yeah. what I'm saying, though. They were so yeah. upfront with the, this is our hard drive size. Yeah. You know. And I think what they're going to do is, is, yeah, that was our hard drive size. By the way, we're going to have a bigger model than that, too. Or, by the way, we're announcing, here's an interchangeable one. Here's what it's going to cost. If oh, they it's, they, it's they set of... it up, I feel like they set it up, one, to diss Sony, because Sony didn't announce a hard drive size. And number two, so that they can go, by the way, you think that's good? We're going to do one better. I'm cynical. Oh. Well, I'm too sneezy to counter you. <laughs> I've been muted the whole time sneezing over here. Well, I'm I'm just curious. Did 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 we actually are we waiting for, to throw in what our what we thought of the Xbox presentation? No, we can do that now. Well, how about we just go around really quickly? I mean, Chris, what did you actually think of the whole thing? Um I, you know, I thought it, they sh- when you're showing off a console, more important than the specs or anything else is to show off the games. And I think they didn't deliver in that respect. And See, I, I, I don't know, but they said they were up front even before the thing even started. That this, I felt like they did me a favor at E3 because we had to sit th- – remember when we went to the Microsoft conference last year and we were all bored when we were going over the, the smart class thing for like 20 to 30 minutes? But now they don't have to do that at the actual E3 presentation. I think they would have been better off showing off games at the E3 presentation and then following up with tech specs afterwards. Oh, but then everyone would have been so like, well, what does the hardware actually do the whole time? Yeah, but that's okay because it's more important to know, look at those games. That's what we're getting. But this, this, the, but I, I still think this presentation wasn't for us. Well, who the heck was it for? Well, it, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, remember the Sony presentation? The, the gaming press and gamers loved it. The tech press and the average and like mainstream me- and the mainstream people, mainstream media hated it. They thought it was the most boring, drawn out thing ever. Mm-hmm. Now you, it's this one is the op- the complete reverse. Tech press and the mainstream press and mainstream people loved the Xbox presentation. Mm-hmm. Gamers and gaming press hated it. Mm-hmm. Each one was aiming in completely different directions, and each one hit their mark. For who they were aiming for, but then of course when you hit your mark for who you're aiming for, you leave everyone you missed, you know, cold and bitter. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like it's not end of the story. We're getting 
like Sony had to show more because they were so much further out. Microsoft could be like, hey, we're just going to show you all the boring stuff about the tech, about the hardware, about the TV stuff. Get this out of the way now, and we'll see you in two weeks and give you nothing but games and a straight hour of games, games, games. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I don't know. I, I didn't bother me. Yeah. You just get this garbage out of the way. That's fine. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I just think that I think it's the wrong order, personally. That's all. So. I'm, and see, I'm, I'm completely the opposite. Like, I went into this uh, going, okay, they're going to tell us about the console, the specs, the doohickeys and goo gods that come with it, and what new TV deal they've made, and then we're going to talk about Games of E3. And that's exactly what we got. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm actually, I'm, I don't know. And it's funny because I felt so cynical because all I saw during that afternoon and that e- and the next day was like, where are the games? Where are the games? And I'm like, why am I the only person who didn't You want to know what's funny, Anna? They actually, they actually put out like a press release. They actually announced the fact that they were the games would be coming at E3. This would be yeah. a hardware presentation. Yeah, I know. And I mean, you know. Well, I guess then my point is that the hardware was boring. That's yeah, it is. Hardware is always boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this hardware was boring. The feature list was boring. The promises are consists of things like there's going to be cloud computing. It'll be awesome. Trust us. That we can't even think about because they don't tell you anything about it. So I, I think it was a boring announcement. I don't think that's how you show off your new hardware. I don't think you have a boring announcement to show it off. I think you start off with a, uh, if you need to have a boring hardware announcement separate from the game announcement i think you lead off with the exciting one have that be the lead story the first time everybody hears about it is the exciting stuff and then have the boring details later which is funny because that's actually what they did they did they did a, a ustream afterwards that like the press were invited to where they went into further tech specs oh my gosh so that was the exciting tech specs, what we got? <laughs> no, 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 no. The first part. Yeah, exactly, yeah, Chris. That was the, was the exciting part. And then they had a separate one afterwards talking Jeez. just about the you know the details of the RAM and blah, 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 and blah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I saw some of that, and they were talking a lot about cloud computing and making the same point like 17 times. Yeah, like I said, that I mean, that, we have to remember, too, that this was broadcast on television. Mm. Yeah. So I just feel like when you're broadcasting something like that on television, you're instantly aiming for a different audience. I don't know that they hit that audience. I mean, did did that audience really care about what was talked about here? Yeah. Okay. Things like um, the NFL stuff. And the That's the only thing? good thing. That made me excited, too. That's like the only interesting thing they announced. If the whole thing was full of stuff like that, it'd be a different story. But it wasn't. Hmm. I don't know. I could imagine some people being impressed by the connect. (laughs) Not me, but now I do think that they dropped the ball on some stuff because they didn't divulge enough information during the presentation and during the post um, game spins. um, Not everybody was on the same page for what should have been said. So I think that they did some shoddy prep work. Well, as as uh, as cheap ass gamer pointed out this week. Um, they should have just, you know, they had their announcement. They're going to have all these other details out at E3. So they should have, every other response this week should have been, we don't comment on rumors or speculation, and we'll tell you more at E3. And instead, they've had to say, try to answer the used game situation three different ways and three different times, and they've got right. different answers and that are contradicting. Like, <laughs> and the problem yeah. is, is they're, also not, they're also having trouble spinning all on the same page about the always-on requirements. 
Because here's what I take out of the always on requirements. The always on is going to be like We Connect 24. It's going to be like the PS3, where if you are connected, you are going to have access to all sorts of cool features like the, the everybody votes and the cloud saving and the cloud computing. And beyond that, I there's still really um, wishy-washy about whether you're going to have to be online to register a game. Yeah, you will. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Because, yeah, it sounds like you may need to be online to register a game once. But the problem is, is that realistically speaking, even in the U.S., that's not, that's not a viable model. Mm-hmm. There are just yeah. people who don't connect their consoles to the Internet. There are people who have terrible Internet. There are people who have no Internet. They're thinking of making exceptions, like exemption yeah. codes for Which certain is like, people. Yeah, and until you have those details, don't announce that. Yeah. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you know why they don't have those details. It sounds like they don't. They're not they're even really sure up. what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, that, that's what. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, and it's like if they don't have a good answer for that, they need to tell their spinners to shut up about it. Mm-hmm. It's yep. it. We uh, we recognize this as an issue for the players, and we are looking into alternatives. Bam, done. All right. I, I think no one can argue with the fact that they really just put the foot in their mouths and they really damaged themselves with right. their, and it's their like, bad messaging. You know, yeah. the presentation was great. The thing that drives me crazy is the crap spinners that have been going on right, these right. interviews and yeah, stuff yeah, afterwards. Yeah. And they, they actually make Sony look again. better. Every time they mess up with their messaging, they yeah. make Sony come on looking better. And you know what right. Sony's doing? They're staying quiet. Yeah. Because they don't have to do anything. They're <laughs> yes. just sitting back and laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they that is like my critical, hey guys, stop being dicks and fix this. <laughs> you know, it's weird though. I'm not that upset about the Xbox thing. Like people seem angry on Twitter and, right. and message boards, but at the same time, I just feel like, like, oh, I guess the system's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, the 360 wasn't really a system for me. I think total, I played maybe four games on it. I think the 360 was for me at the time, but now that I uh, now that I see how much more open the Sony platform is, how Every indie dev is happy with the Sony. Right, system. and I mean that's the thing is I think ultimately what's going to dictate it for me is well, I mean I play RPGs. What's going to dictate a system for me is how many RPGs do you have? The Xbox is a Western developed, Western centralized system, and I don't play that many Western RPGs. I play JRPGs. See, but I'm in the dilemma where I don't play that many Japanese RPGs. Right, but- and so you know I think that. This generation, more than ever, we are going to see a really strong distinction with um, stuff, not sports and shooters, right? All of the other kinds of games. And I mean, even the sports is really fidgy because it's like EA hasn't announced. They've said that they're not developing any games for Wii U, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't announce any any of the sports games for the next season for the Xbox One like they did immediately following the Sony presentation. Yeah? So, yeah. yeah uh, they're, they're doing an exclusive FIFA. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that. They're it was during doing... the presentation, but it was during the really long-winded what kind of man are you? Blah, blah, blah. Sports. <laughs> more, more everyone sort of like Everyone should out. watch uh, Xbox One Abridged on YouTube. 
It's great. Yeah, by a gamer or something UK. Videogames.com or TV, something. TV, TV, TV. Yeah, no, it's a UK guy. DVD, 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 oh, DVD. he did one, like he did the Sony one. Yes. 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 All right, I'll watch it. Great. I've been waiting. Spots, 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 Football! Spots, spots, spots. Mocap dogs! Oh, but it's okay, though. It's, you know, it's, but the funny thing is, I'm not so worried about getting my Western RPGs on the Sony platform now that it's, you know, x86. They're actually, I have, it was actually, a lot of that system was designed by Sony Europe. Mm-hmm. Not by Sony Japan. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, the writing was on the wall for indie gaming. I mean, Xbox LIG has been less and less of a priority for Microsoft. It's been kind of regaled. You know, it was pat on the head and sent to play in the corner with its little toys. And when they discontinued XNA, anybody who thought that the that the Xbox One was going to be an indie-friendly platform was smoking some good stuff. Yeah, I have very little doubt I'll be able to play Witcher and uh, right. Cyberpunk on right. PlayStation 4, and it'll be just as fine. Right, and I mean, I think that for me, because I play JRPGs, I play puzzle games, I play a lot of indie stuff, that until I see the games, right now I'm looking at the handhelds that I have now, and maybe a PS4. You know, the funny thing, though, is like at first, I can well, we can say this now, but we don't necessarily have to buy uh, an Xbox One at launch. I, I feel like so much of this conversation is centered around which one are you buying at launch, which is the one you're buying day one. And it doesn't have to be the case. You know, I didn't buy an Xbox 360 for like maybe four years till after it came out. And I got it for considerably cheaper than it was at launch. Every I picked up like twenty games for twenty bucks. I had a great time and I've been enjoying it ever since. I, uh, we don't have to. Who knows if like in at three? Because you know this this generation is probably going to last even longer than the last one did. So who knows? In three or four years, the, the Xbox One will be two fifty or less, and we'll all have better internet connections. And we'll think, you know what? There's a few decent exclusives here that I really do want to play. Maybe I'll pick one up. I bought Lucifer's third or fourth 360. I don't remember. Do you remember, Chris? Say that again? Do you remember how many Xbox 360s Lucifer had? Oh, like four or something. Yeah, I I think I bought his third one. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I got it at a really great deal. Okay. So, I mean, I don't regret buying it. Mm -hmm. I mourn that there wasn't more games for it. Mm -hmm. So, I sort of feel... If I could get everything that I wanted out of the Xbox One, is that all-in-one living room box? I'm I'm gonna give it some serious consideration. It's something that you and I are gonna have to sit down and talk about. Okay. Wait, you know the funny thing is the reason why I had both wasn't so much for the exclusives, well, because like, well, if I was gonna play a Bethesda game, multi-platform or many multi-platform games, I had to get. I, I would prefer to get them on the 360 because they ran better. But I really don't think that's going to be the case this time. So really the reason why I would get an Xbox One really was because there's some great exclusive there that I couldn't get on the PS4. I just wish I could take the Xbox controller over with me. Mm-hmm. That's like the one thing, though, is I actually really do prefer the Xbox, the 360 controller to the PlayStation controller. So that's the one place. But you know they're going to charge for PSN though this time around, right? Yeah. I, I assume so. So, <laughs> that's the thing, though. I'm not going to pay for two services. Like, I barely use my PS3. If I had to pay for Go- uh, PSN Gold or whatever it's called and Xbox Live Gold, I wouldn't do it. I'd just pick one and stick with it. And with the check, with the idea that you need to check 
you need to confirm your Xbox online every 24 hours. Yeah. It feels more and more like Steam to the point where I feel like, well, what if I just get a PS4 for all the console exclusives? Is, is that for reals or was that just a presumption that somebody made after someone at Microsoft made a dumb comment? Industry sources, according to Polygon. Uh-huh. <sighs> Our favorite. Yeah, I'm not keen on that. I, 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 I'm going to say wait and see on that one. Wait, I think Phil Harrison said it himself that you have to check every 24 hours. Or actually, Great. they're not sure about the time, but you're going to need to authenticate your disk install every 24 hours or so. Mm, Maybe 48. That would, that would be um, counteractive to what they said before about exceptions to letting you register your game without being online. Oh, but those special, those, those are special codes they're going to give to like military personnel. Okay. Yeah, I, I, there's just so much crap running around. I know. I it's so convoluted. Like, even the use game thing, you can't explain in one sentence. You need, like, several paragraphs to, so one could just understand. Okay, so wait. So if I take the disc over to my friend's house, but then I bring the disc back, what if I sell it? It's just forget it. It's just such a headache. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. At that point, if I need if – if it's – I don't even really need the disc. It's just the real mechanism. I'm thinking just PC, PlayStation 4. Yeah. I mean, this, this is the sort of stuff that I want to hear answered with confidence at E3. And I don't want to hear them change their mind a week and a half later. Mm-hmm. I just right now, my concern isn't the fact that I don't know if there's enough games for the system. It's I don't know enough about the damn system. Yeah, and you know that's that's okay at this point. Though I argue, like, what's the point of this early announcement if you didn't really want to announce everything? But whatever. <sighs> You've been very quiet, Quinn. That's generally because I don't really have an opinion beyond, well, I'm not going to buy one. Hmm. That's fair. That's an opinion. And I mean, I I drew. I think I pretty much drew the line with the uh, the upcoming Xbox long before that event on the basis that I presumed that Microsoft were going to continue it being region locked. I mean, continue considering like the vast majority of my game purchases in the last like four years or so. Um, there were, the console just wasn't going to give me anything anyway. Quinn, so it's been confirmed that the PS4 is uh, region-free? I have no idea if the PS4 is region-free or not, but I'm feeling more inclined to import a PS4. All right, fair enough. As I feel that's where the uh, the swinging pendulum of JRPGs and games that I want to play will probably go, and I'll just use the PC for everything else. Yeah, that's. I think that's where exactly where I'm leaning to. I mean, if you're gonna treat your if you're gonna treat your machine like Steam, I better I'd rather just get get Steam. <laughs> so, all right, <laughs> we don't know what the price will be though. Nobody has a guess. Five hundred. Five hundred. I'm thinking that a base, like I said earlier, I think if they can get a base model down to two ninety nine, they're gonna. And then the one you want. Of, yeah, right. And they're gonna take a lot of wind out of Sony's sails. No pun intended. Sony sales, sales, sales. No, I give up. You should. All right. <laughs> oh, Anna. All right. So we're thinking five hundred bucks, two SKUs. So maybe four hundred, five hundred. Are they going to do the subscription thing? Do you think? No. Why wouldn't they at least have an option for it? Right. Yeah. So we'll probably see that. Or who knows if the three hundred one is subsidized? 
Hmm. With okay. like you have to subscribe to like two years of gold. Fair enough. Oh, like a, a telephone contract is. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe they'll get you'll get a deal through your cable box provider. Sign up for like a like three years of Comcast and two years of Xbox Gold. <laughs> <laughs> And okay, so there were other questions here, right? Like connect. There are. So question two. Are you happy, angry, maybe just confused about what Microsoft has said so far regarding the always internet connected, but not really always internet connected nature of the box we already talked about? Yeah. Their messaging is the big issue there. Is connect too impressive or what? Do you really think it will actually ship that way or will they tone down the technology? It really does seem good too good to be true. And with one in every box, developers can actually make tons of games for it without worrying about the install base issues. He's right about that. I like the fact that it's always on because I want someone at Microsoft to see us having sex on the couch. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Seriously, why is this everybody's concern? Oh, the Kinect is always on. It's going to see us doing something nutty. Mm -hmm. Well, it's more just that you don't... It's bad enough... I guess they just don't like. I just don't need another corporation literally in my living room. It's bad enough. I feel like I think maybe it's people are like it's bad enough. You read my emails. You know where I am on my phone, and now you're literally going to be watching me into the anonymized data to a mm-hmm. server to track and better sell ads to me or whatever, and judge me and put me into groups. Blackmail, blah blah blah, plays these kind of games. Wears these clothing. The, his eyes look away during these TV advertisements. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. At that point, I don't know. Like, See, I'm like, I feel like I should be creeped out that by that stuff, but I'm not because I don't want to see yet another advertisement for Lady Speed Stick in the car that I'm never going to drive. You know, there's a great episode that's been going around. Inter- there's this great, uh, there's this great sci-fi anthology series Quinn might have seen called Broken Mirror in the UK. I think it's like on Sky something. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode, like the second episode. <laughs> people have been passing around because they're like that's the future of Connect and of the Microsoft world and it's a really good episode if you can watch it I can't remember what it's called but I think it's the second episode of season one out of three and it's like there's literally a point where they force you to watch ads and the only way to skip the ad is to pay a little bit of money a credit that you accrue throughout your workday and if you close your eyes or look away the ad will stop and it'll say ad obstructed ad obstructed ad obstructed until you look what is this in? Broken Mirror. Oh, it's a side. Oh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Okay. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's funny. People have been passing around that episode as if, like, well, the future is here. It's happening. Here's the connect. Wow. It's a good episode. That's good sci fi. Either way, I would, recommend, I would recommend it even if it wasn't connected to this Xbox thing. I don't know. I get it. Yeah. I, I don't know. All right. All right, fair enough. Uh, Do you care at all or no? Say what? Do you care at all? About the Kinect being always on? And yeah, watching no, you. No, I'll just get a piece of tape. Um, what if few obstructed, few obstructed, <laughs> few obstructed? Put console in trash is my response to that. <laughs> What's the chance you'll watch more than two episodes of Steven Spielberg's new Spanish TV drama, Hola? I think he means Halo. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's right. They announced Halo, the TV show, didn't yeah. they? Um, I'll watch the pilot and decide from there. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, the, part, the biggest part that bothers me about Halo is that I don't think its universe has ever been rich enough to support this pan media sort of event. 
Mm-hmm. And this is from a guy who's actually, you know, had like read a couple comics and actually seen some of the novel stuff. It's not that deep. The story is we, we went out, we found some aliens who have some weird cult, and there's some rings. I'm like, what? Well, I don't, what's the TV show gonna be? Like some ODSTs drop it in. We had to take this installation. Wasn't that insane? Oh, is that the Master Chief? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? I like that. <laughs> wow, Manny, you sounded super stoked what? doing that. It's like, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the, the the Halo 4 movie, Forward Unto Dawn, that was part of the Halo 4 launch. Yeah. That's on Netflix if you want to oh, watch it. Great. It's so ham-fisted and it's cheesy. It's bad. It, it, it looked like it was going to be bad. Interesting to hear that it was. <laughs> Well, you can see for yourself. Watch like the first ten minutes. See for yourself. No, well, thanks. Anna's getting her feet cleaned. You can you I can watch it on your yeah, iPad. My iPad. <laughs> hey. Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right, we got another question here. Is the box ugly or is it just me? What's the chance the box that was shown would actually be the final model? I think it's the final model. It is the final model. After it's very cute. I like it. After how they made fun of Sony, absolutely. I don't know. Whatever. I remember someone commenting about the fact that it looks a little bit like Betamax. Yeah, that's what I just said. That, was in, the, that, was, in the, <laughs> that was in that video. It is like the size of your torso. I was looking at like Steven Totillo standing next to it. It's like bigger than he is. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Whatever. You put, it, you put it in a cabinet like an adult. You never look at it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, hmm. <laughs> Put it in a cabinet. It'll heat up. It'll melt your cabinet if you do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Remember the girl on um, Always On taught you how to fix that. Oh, yeah. We got to put a fan in there or whatever. Well, you remove the back so there's a cross flow mm-hmm. of ventilation. Then you open up the front. You just let the flow flow through. Okay. Fair enough. Extra special question. Can you actually see yourself using the Xbox One as your single hub for all entertainment in the living room? The unified, streamlined, customized, all-in-one experience that Microsoft presented. Do you have any faith that they can pull it off and that you'll actually be on board for the ride? Yes, if you're a very specific person Mm -hmm. who who still watches cable, but who also cares about Netflix and Hulu, but who also plays Xbox games with his bros, and who Skypes with his friends and his family. Anna, that could be us. Yeah, that that Manny, that's us. Yeah, I think we might fall into that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Because I don't have a cable system anymore. Right, right. I only watch Netflix. I was. Um, I can't decide if we're getting rid of cable or not. Yeah, we're thinking it. We're actually seriously considering it for the new house. But let me put it this way. I mean, I mean, I mean, we joke about this, but wouldn't you rather use an Xbox One than your crappy cable box? Yes. 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 I mean, I mean, we were making fun of them earlier, but I think that reason alone is why they're going to do so well. I think like Patrick Klepik on Giant Bomb was saying, and he made a great point. The reason why so many people want an Apple TV is not because, oh, it's a TV made by Apple. It's more that they hate their cable boxes so much they would rather have Apple's take on managing through TV shows and systems and, and just all of that. They'd rather have an Apple DVR than the stuff that comes from Comcast that's just so bare minimum and so broken and just barely works. Mm-hmm. They call so, it calm crap for a reason. Yeah. So yeah. imagine if you actually have like a cable box that you like using and you say, hey, what's on ESPN tonight? And it tells you, okay, let's watch it. Done. 
record that next show for me. And you're just recording for you. I want to watch my fantasy football when watching TV. I, I, I can imagine a lot of people, for that alone, they're going to get an Xbox. They, they, I bet they were thinking, well, I wanted an Xbox anyway. But now I can get rid of my crappy Comcast cable box. And chances are, if you have Comcast cable, you have, you have Comcast internet too. So the always connected internet shouldn't be too much of a problem, right? Mm-hmm. But like I said, if you're in that specific situation, I totally get it. I'm not in that situation, so I don't know. All right. Oh, so it's been confirmed. You guys are buying the Xbox One. Yes. <laughs> then you uh, you put something else in our in our sheet here, Manny. Um, some comedy gold, you call it. Well, okay. So because I follow at Sean Elliott and at Jeff Green and uh, and uh, what was his name, Robert Ashley, they sent a little message thread to each other. Like, you guys got to see this. Like, they were basically saying like this is some of the worst writing. Oh, this is one of the most hack pieces I've ever seen. And it was pretty, pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Here's what he said. He's like, uh, uh, if he's a professional hack, he could at least do a better job selling his thing. This is impossible to read. And then Jeff Green says, this reads like a total parody. Perfect for a dramatic reading. Every sentence is its own nightmare. <laughs> do, do I need to give a dramatic reading of this? We could you could pick out some some highlights. So this was on the Huffington Post, written by Eric Yeverbaum. Huff Post, we're making fun of Huff Post. Isn't that like kicking the dumb kid in the schoolyard? Oh. Oh, expertise in strategic media relations, crisis communications, and media training. That's his. That's what he's good at. You know the sad part is, I think he's actually part of one of the LinkedIn groups that I'm in. He's a best-selling author, too. And I know it sounds mean, but if you read this thing, it is atrocious. So is most of HuffPo. <laughs> no, no. No, you don't understand. One of my friends writes for the Huffington Post. She does a bunch of their gaming coverage. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's not good. You have to really find the authors that are quality and stick to them. So you don't read it. <laughs> I will read like three right. people, and that's about it. So long, Sony. Why critics are wrong and Microsoft's new Xbox will be one of the most successful and transformative consoles yet. He actually has bad grammar. He should pluralize console. All right. Technology-wise, the system lacked much of the computational power of the later shipping PlayStation 3. Talk about the Xbox 360. So he's putting down the 360, saying it sucked, it was terrible, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Except Xbox Live is what made the system succeed. As of 2013, over 77 million Xbox 360s have been sold. Xbox Live has 46 million subscribers, paying $60 a month to play games online. Oh, it has been a it has sparkling been a success. Sparkling success. Yes. <laughs> a sparkling success. Um, then he talks about iPhone and iPad. Let's see. Xbox Live is now powerful enough to allow for a transformative gaming experience. Microsoft claims that the new Xbox Live's 300,000 servers have more computing power than the entire world's computing power back in 1999 put together. What does that even mean? How do you yeah, calculate that? relative metric. <laughs> Who cares what the computing power of the world was 15 To be years. fair, though, they actually did say that during their presentation. I know they did. That's so sad. <laughs> It is difficult to understate the experience. 
experiential difference between this paid and technically superior service and Sony's less impressive PlayStation Network. Except the new PSN is going to require a subscription. (laughs) He's comparing something that doesn't exist to something that doesn't exist and using what does exist to say how better one's going to be than the other. It's great. I love it. I mean, I I always felt kind of like a bitch when I said it, but I mean, people always ask me what I thought of PSN versus uh, Xbox Live, and my answer was you get what you pay for. I mean, I think it makes sense for Sony to charge for it this generation to make it better. Yeah, and they'll be actually that's the important thing. If it's actually better, then it'll be worth the cost. Mm -hmm. If it's the same old, same old, then they're rip off. Yeah. Pointing emphatically at the screen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that said, uh, a okay. live, yeah, Microsoft oh, go ahead. trumped everyone in this space by releasing a new cloud-powered version of what they call Smart Clash technology, a live-rendered heads-up display for your television set. Additional content will be projected right on top of the screen when users command. Microsoft has realized what were once only imagined possibilities. I like that one. It was only imagined. Yeah, it was in a lot of things. It's called picture in picture. <laughs> Whatever. Football. <laughs> Fantasy, for instance, Microsoft has already revealed one significant lifestyle improvement. A lifestyle improvement. Okay. Fantasy sports will now be projected on top of a football game so hardcore fantasy gamers never miss a second of the action. Okay, is this I'm like... actually kind of down for this. Yes, this but that's like... like marketing speak. I'm going to talk about the way he... He talks he about paid by somebody to write this. he spends a paragraph talking about how the the new connect works and then directly after that paragraph he says but as useful as superman like vision is the connect's more impressive practical capability will be detecting user inputs for their xbox or television superman like really the connect is superman now okay <laughs> i wonder if he's biased <laughs> In the same way that people can no longer remember their phone numbers because smartphones have rendered such knowledge redundant and inconsequential, Xbox One will make remembering television channel numbers a thing of the past. (laughs) Snicker, snicker, snicker. Uh, Let's see. I want to read this. The last section that you highlighted. The unveiling of the Xbox One was not an opening salvo against the motley of heterogeneous competition, but instead a champagne-popping ceremony at what is beginning of the end by packaging all these extraordinary capabilities so elegantly and by leading with such length in every facet Microsoft has practically won the war for the soul of the living room already all that remains is to see how the competitors will exist in the shadow of Microsoft's new world order and to find out what innovation they'll come up with next <laughs> it's over the Sony's already lost <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the most poorly written paragraphs, and just, <laughs> I just it's so bad. It's that's pretty bad. All right, it's so bad. Oh. By leading by such length in every facet, such fa- yeah, such length in every facet. What does that mean? Doesn't it feel like a paid article? Yes. Okay. I, I, I kind of thought it was. Yeah, I, I feel mean, like Microsoft this- only had like five dollars though. Like, what no, can you I get mean- for five bucks? Every once in a while, we will get emails, and I'm not going to go, I'm not naming any names. Every once in a while, we will get an email to Clever, and it's like, here is an article we have written 
for one of your client's titles. If you like, you can buy it for X amount of money and we will publish it in this fashion and this is how many hits we expect it to get. Yep. So how much – were they giving this one away for free, you think? <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know. But I mean honestly, every time that I've seen this, um, the articles have always been really poorly written. And actually it's it's an issue with mommy bloggers in particular because um, they get sent cr- these crap articles all the time. And it's like you can publish this for free. And it's like, no, it's terrible writing. Why the hell would I put it up? I don't know. It was sounding mean, but I feel like – Maybe that's why I wanted to talk about this one. Not only because it was funny and bad writing, but because – hey, not to say that we're great writers, but man, he makes us look like we're writing for some award thing that's good and makes money. It's good. The joke was I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. All right. Is there actually any news today besides uh, Xbox One? There's so much news today, so let's jump into it. Really? Thank you, Xbox One. Penny Arcade. Now is a date for their uh, release. It'll be coming out June 7th for Penny Arcade on the Rain Select Precipice of Darkness 4. It'll cost $4.99 or 400 Microsoft points, depending if you buy it on PC or Xbox. Simultaneous release. Um, they had uh, a day of giving away Penny Arcade on the Rain Select Precipice of Darkness 3 for free, but you missed it. It was May 20th. And uh, yeah, there we go. Oh man, you weren't joking. What? It's a lot but, of stories. Yeah, I know. Time and Eternity, NISA's uh, upcoming uh, RPG. We've got European release info. Uh, It'll be out on July 16th in North America. Um, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I read this wrong. We gave out European dates apparently last week. I don't know what's going on here. The story's written weird. Uh, The Um, U.S. date. Yeah, go ahead. Just, just remember, the difference is, is the U.S. releases games on Tuesday and Europe releases games on Friday. Okay. For, simultane- for simultaneous, in quotes, releases. That's yes. normally how it goes. So here's what's going on. In the U.S., you're going to get it on July 16th, and there'll be a limited edition available. Uh, $49.99 for standard, $64.99 for limited, which will come with a full-color full color hardcover art book, a original soundtrack CD with a jewel case, and the double vision tear resistant poster that's supposed to last for all eternity. If you remember, I think we were talking about that last week. <laughs> so, compile heart is announcing a new P- uh, RPG for PS3. It's called Fairy Fencer F. Uh, Nobuo Uematsu is doing music and what's well, with his Earthbound Papa's band. And uh, Final Fantasy artist Yoshitaka Amano is doing artwork. So there you go. Man, those guys really get around. This is being made by the peop- the team that made Hyperdimension Neptunia. So, yeah, there you go. It's so weird for me being out of the JRPG scene because I clicked on the link for the last one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so that's what that game looks like. And then I click on the link for this one. It's like, is that oh, what I clicked on the link for the same game? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That's funny. All right. Uh, Class of Heroes 2 has a date now. Uh, it'll be out in North America via the PlayStation Network on June 4th. That's coming up real quick here. It is a PlayStation Portable game. Obviously, you can play it on your Vita as well because they're kind of doing that with everything that comes out now. Um, it has lots of gameplay tweaks and improvements over the first one, and this is supposed to be a lot better, and then I think the series gets even better then. At least that's what Monkey Paul Games wants us to believe. Uh, you'll be able to judge for yourself. Uh, they did not announce a price. So I'm. I thought concerned. it was supposed to be twenty. 
I hope it's 20, but it could be 30. Who knows? Okay. Uh, Carnage Heart did fine at 30. Okay. For as many people were complaining, most of bought it anyway. People want them. Yeah, these games, they they have a niche market, and the niche market's willing to pay 30 because it's a lot cheaper than importing, and it's in English. <laughs> All right, Final Fantasy fourteen. Big announcements this week about Final Fantasy fourteen. A, we've got a release date, August 27th, for both PC and PS3, which is weird because the PS3 beta, as far as I can tell, hasn't started yet, so I don't know how that's going to work. Um, <laughs> there's also a large collector's edition that's been announced. All right, so first off, if you bought the collector's edition the first game, don't worry because you're still getting it, you're still getting collector's stuff. They're on, okay, so let me get into it. There is going to be a standard edition um, and a collector's edition. If you already own the game from the first time around, you don't need to buy the game again for PC. Obviously for PS3 because it wasn't out before. Um, if you own the collector's edition from the first time around, you're going to get the in-game items, the Helma Light, a baby behemoth minion, a curl mount, and a behemoth barding for your chocobo. So you're going to get those because you were a collector's edition the first time around. Yay. Now, if you want to buy the collector's edition again for PC, just because it's more cool stuff that I'm about to go through, or you want that to be the way you get your PS3 copy, here's what you get. The box art's done by Yoshitaka Amano, an 80-page hardcover art book, an additional disc featuring the cinematic build-up to the seventh Umbro era, I have no idea what that means, and the Sounds of Eorzea album, I've got a bad feeling this might only have three songs on it. Um, hopefully, we'll confirm soon how much is on there. So don't get too excited about that soundtrack just yet. Five character art cards and a uh, Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn security token, which is nice for me because my Final Fantasy XIV collector's edition from the first time around security token has kind of broken, so it no longer sits on my keychain. So I could use a new one. <laughs> so I don't know. i got to think about this. Now, that said... Sharing accounts is going to be weird. They, they're they making this hard, people. So if you have multiple people in your household and you all want to play Final Fantasy XIV, you need to go to their website and read through. They got some links at the at the very bottom of the pre-order page. Um, they got some links. So how do I, you know, if I already own it? And then from there, they've got further links to, what if I want multiple copies? It's all in Lodestone as well. Um, Final Fantasy XIV players know about this. But it's really odd. So if you're on the PC, yeah, you all you, you need to have separate accounts and then you can log in and stuff. On the PS3, it, it sounds like multiple people can play on your PS3, but they all need to be on your PlayStation Network ID, which no, is then tied no, no, to no, no, Square no, 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 Enix no. ID. No, in fact, here is the problem with the PS3. You can only have one copy of Final Fantasy XIV registered per PSN ID. Right. So if you have multiple PSN IDs, you can have multiple Final Fantasy XIV on a PS3. Oh, right, right. That's what, what was weird. So, yeah, if you've got multiple IDs, it, but that each ID has to have a subscription. Correct. Which is, yeah, maybe you'd be better off sharing a subscription and just playing different characters on the same subscription, which would be a lot easier, right? But, um, but you can't log in at the same time on a PS3 and a PC onto the same account. So you'd never be able to play together. See, this is complicated. Right. Also... If you want to get more than one, so if you want a different, a second account code for your PS3, you can't just buy a second copy of the game. That was the other weird thing. Is like you need a, oh, Anna. This is this is where it got weird for me. <laughs> uh, fourteen pre-order. 
I'll, I'll bring this up for you because this is so messed up um, that I, I kind of want to get into it. Uh, where is that? Crap. Where is their website? Someone show me their website. Um, oh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Anyone going to play this other than me and Anna? I'm going to at least give it a chance, given that I yeah, have cheapest subscription I mean, rights. Here, here's my problem: is I don't know if I need an account. I don't know if I need to rebuy the game because remember, I've been playing off of your buddy pass. Yeah. And this is something that they have never clarified. I think they you will. Never, they've never charged me a subscription fee. They've never shut down my account. Like I just, I have this buddy pass, and that's all I've been playing on. And I don't know if it's a real account or not. <laughs> I, it, do you, are, do you, are you able to use any any account information to log into the Square Enix? Um, yeah, I have a load stone. Well, well, the Square Enix account. It includes my 14 and my 11. <clears throat> okay, guys. Here, here, Here's the three scenarios. Windows only. To play three characters simultaneous on Windows. Okay? You need a Square Enix account and a copy of the Windows version of the game, and then three registration codes obtained from the product or the Final Fantasy XIV Service Center. Uh, okay. Um, you, so that could be got, obtained by either going to the Service Center, which doesn't exist yet, or buying three versions of the game, I guess? I don't know what the registrations code are. They don't make that clear. Um, and the registration code is presumably the code you get with a copy of the game that you then link to your account that says you've bought it at retail. You know, like right. every basically every other MMO. But what they don't exists. say is, do you need three simultaneous subscriptions or not to play three characters simultaneously or not? I well, assume probably, so. Yeah, because yeah. Okay. That's it's three the, separate accounts. Okay. Isn't it? It's like three oh. WoW accounts, Chris. Okay, so here let's let's keep going. You'll you'll understand soon. One Windows plus PlayStation three to play a character from each version. Simultaneously, you need a Square Enix account. You only need one of those. A copy of the Windows version and a copy of the PS3 version. You can register up to eight registration codes per Square Enix account. Um, please create separate service accounts for the Windows version and the PlayStation 3 version of Final Fantasy XIV. You will not be able to play at the same time if you register the codes under the same service account. So here's my question to you guys. What's the difference between registration codes and a service account? The service account is basically the Square Enix account that you tie your registration codes to. You know, it's like oh, no, having a no. battle net. You can have multiple like... service accounts per Square Enix account. Okay, service account is like, a, uh, as far as I remember, the Square Enix stuff is a little bit confusing in that respect. You but think? the service account is something that you have under your member's account. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a 14 one and an 11 one, but I have an option to sign up something like eight additional 11 ones or something. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit like some, how some people, when they play MMOs, do... I mean, I have, like, four WoW accounts on my Battle.net account. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have three different WoW accounts and you need your Battle.net, Chris. Yeah, right. I have I have my European one, I have my American one, and I have two test ones as well. But here's my point. Since in this scenario, they're talking about having separate service accounts, but in the first scenario we talked about, they didn't say you need separate service accounts? It's the difference between the PS3 and the PC. Well, this is Windows plus PS3, Anna. Yes. The PS3 has rules in whatever combination includes PS3 plus fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. The PS3 has different rules. Okay. But if, if you have Don't a single service... Don't them because My question I don't is, understand them. I just know it is, has different is rules. Is a subscription tied to a service account or is a subscription 
tied to each registration under a service account. Each registration. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you can have multiple service accounts within an, a Square Enix account. Yeah, I mean, just okay. like you can have multiple WoW subscriptions. So you can have 15, subs- you can have like eight subscriptions under one service account, eight subscriptions under another service account, and both of those service accounts, 16 subscriptions, are all accessed with the same login credentials. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the same way you can do it on World of Warcraft. None of this. I mean, I don't this, know why this is rocket surgery for yeah, you, Chris. None of this, this is particularly new outside of the fact that Square Enix is using unfamiliar terminology for things that basically every other MMO on the planet does. All right. Well, here's another one. Can friends and family play simultaneously if they are on different accounts? Well, that's the, okay. Different accounts, everyone needs their own accounts. That's yeah. for sure. The question is, what can you do with one account and they don't make it very I like this one. PlayStation 3. To play three characters simultaneously, you need three Square Enix accounts, three Sony Entertainment Network accounts, three copies of the PlayStation 3 version, and three PlayStation 3 consoles. <laughs> Great. I think this is generally the problem of porting a, a genre that has, has historically been you know, like massively dominated by PC over to Console. consoles. Yeah. Because, well, there, I suppose you could make accusations of having to dumb... Uh, dumb descriptions down for the for for common people all right well let's take a break from all this final fantasy news and talk about a final fantasy related contest (laughs) if you want to go to the distance near atlanta georgia and can you get your butt to the nearest uh musical center then you should enter to win two (laughs) sets of two tickets for final fantasy distant worlds yeah distant worlds concert on friday june 7th which is coming up soon here uh we have a contest going You'll give two non-VIP tickets. Two, we have two pairs of non-VIP tickets to give away. Um, uh, Susan Calway will be singing. HD video from the various Final Fantasy games will be there. Arnie and Roth is conducting. There's like three songs that are exclusive to Atlanta. And the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra is playing. Um, which ones are exclusive? It's listed in the article. Okay, I don't see it. All right. So we've got uh, Melodies, Melodies of Life, Kiss Me Goodbye, Opening Bombing Mission, uh, Vanadiel March, Zanarkin, and Suteki Dane. Um, I think the reason a lot of those are listed because there are vocals in there, um, which Susan Calway will probably be singing at. So catch that. She's pretty good. I've seen her <laughs> at a couple of these now. Um, you, you know, we're not providing transportation or anything, but to enter, uh, email contest at rpgamer.com with distant worlds, one word, as the subject line. And you need to have the name, complete mailing address, and your preferred contact email address. And it will end Tuesday, May 28th. All right? So you have until 8 a.m. Tuesday, May 28th, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, U.S. And we'll be contacting you on email and sending tickets. And uh, the tickets, they'll be... Actually, we won't yeah. send you the tickets. We'll I don't probably know why... arrange a pickup so I don't day. know why we need your mailing address, because we're not sending you the tickets. But <laughs> they're uh, be... we need it. No, we need it for release. Okay. It's a legal thing. Alrighty then. So there you go. Go read that. We got it all posted on the on the site and you can go check it out now and enter. You gonna enter, Manny? You'll be in Atlanta then, right? Yeah, I'm gonna totally walk over. <laughs> and then I'll fly right back to E three. It'll be all great. Right, tons more stories. Let's keep going. Somebody made a ba- half an hour ballet out of Pokemon Red. Which I love this. <laughs> Um, using the complete Kanto Symphony, I think, for the music, and there's a whole article on it on uh, Pokemon on, on Polygon. I almost called their site Pokemon, but you can go uh, you can go read about it. Uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Red, the ballet, including yellow Pikachu dancers. 
Guild Wars ain't going to be making new content anymore. So if you haven't switched over to Guild Wars 2, get on it. Right. Okay, John? I'm sorry. Wait, what? I already have Guild Wars 2. I know, but you can't play your Guild Wars 1 anymore. Well, I guess you can, but you're only going to get uh, um, <laughs> automated support and they're no longer making new content. So deal with it. Okay, you don't care. <laughs> um, let's see. Ouya Booth is going to be at E3. Man, are you going to check this out? Their booth will be outside E3. I guess they didn't get you know an actual booth. Are they going to be next to the oh, gaming Oh, yeah, chairs? no. By the time they started looking for a booth, they had been booked up. Yeah. In fact, um, it's I It's 100% saw... open to the, to the public since it's outside. You don't need credentials. So yeah. if, you don't, if you're not important enough to get into actual E3, you can go have fake E3 with Ouya. You know what's funny, though, Anna? Is if you look at the E3 map right now, Certain booths will say available for rent. Ah, um, they shouldn't, because yeah, they've been gone for a while. It's funny though. I'm serious. I just I checked. I was checking the map yesterday to confirm some stuff, and I hovered oh. over one. Yeah, it's that map must be out of date, because there hasn't been booths available since like February, is I think. Like I've seen the waiting list, and yeah, there's like a couple dozen people on the waiting list. Hmm. I'm sure all bigger than. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They're getting lots of funding, at least. Star Wars: The Old Republic. Yeah, didn't, didn't they get like a big infusion of private funding? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Star Wars: The Old Republic is having an in-game event, um, uh, featuring an ancient Gree starship. Um, the reason I put this in there originally is I thought they were talking about Gree, the social network. I didn't realize that they were talking about Gree, the Star Wars race. Um, so yeah, that that's an event that ends May twenty eighth. So if you've got Star Wars: The Old Republic, go ahead, log in and do the Gree stuff. Guild launch. Oh wait, never mind. This this is over. Forget that. Forget that story. There was beta keys for an MMO, but it's all over. The beta's over. The keys are gone. All right. Neverwinter servers. Check this out. Somebody had an in-game currency exploit, um, and they got a large amount of astral diamonds, which I like just because I want astral diamonds. Those have to be better than earth diamonds, right? Um, so they had to roll the the servers back like uh, seven hours to to undo that exploit. Yay, Neverwinter. Okay, no one cares. 38 Studios is going to sell off Kingdoms of Amalur to help with their debts. I'm surprised they haven't sold it already when I read that story. They have $130 million debt. I know the lawsuits are just about to begin, saying that they deceived like the state of Rhode Island. And we don't know what the value of Kingdoms of Amalur is going to be. Um, Richard Land, who's, uh, I guess, their lawyer, and, or a lawyer involved in this. And, um, yeah, that's it. They will uh, be selling that off. So I don't know who who's going to pick it up. This is cool. I want you guys to search for um, Man-at-Arms. Go to YouTube and search for Building Clouds Buster Sword. Man-at-Arms, is a uh, they make cool fantasy swords and stuff, and they've made uh, Clouds Buster Buster Sword, and it's like actual, and it's super heavy, and they they cut stuff up with it, including a a chocobo, and it's awesome, and you should go check out the video of it. Did you like it, Anna? I I thought it was cool. You didn't watch it, did you? (laughs) No. But it's, they put an actual edge on it, so they, it's a, constructed a little differently than Cloud Sword because I think um, it's impossible to make it the way he made his. Oh, it's but, not accurate to the game. <laughs> I know. Why are we talking about this? It looks. I don't know why not. Ugh, it's not accurate. It's not one hundred percent accurate. Yes, because I think it would take a very long time to actually sharpen a, sto- a sword in the way they. I don't know. 
let's ask the master swordsmith email him um xbox specs we already talked about the xbox it has eight gigs of ram and some sort of cpu and um, a hard drive basically amd is making out like bandits this generation well who said amd was making it oh they're making the graphics Right. Yeah, every every they're making the APU for both Sony's and Microsoft's. Oh thing. no 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 no. Um, the the console is using a system on a chip. Oh, they said yeah, an APU. I thought they said it was custom, not that AMD was making it. The AMD makes custom chips. Oh, it's a custom SOC made by AMD. Ooh, AMD. Good job, you guys. The reason they win is pretty obvious because you, if you probably charge less than Nvidia. Um, <laughs> Nvidia isn't able to do CPUs, right? I guess, yeah. That they don't they don't have an x eighty six CPU line. So the question is, I guess the only reason. Okay, so the re, I think my my reasoning has an assumption that you want to have a single system on a chip this generation, but I don't know that that's true. Uh, well, it's it's all about bandwidth throughput, right? Oh, by having them on the same die. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that and makes sense then. And it's all highly customized OS software so that it, you know, you're not running like Windows on top of it. Are you? <laughs> they ran Windows on top <laughs> Touché. of the 360. Touché. <laughs> <laughs> all right. EA gives a first look at Star Wars plans during their E3 press briefing. Or they will. They will give a look at it. So you'll find out more Star Wars stuff at E3. I don't um, think it's going to be RPGs, though. I think it's going to be like Battlefield, Star Wars Battlefield. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, say Battlefront. <laughs> Star Wars Battlefield, Battlefield and like other stuff. Yeah. Like that. Then be, yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not uh, six, not sixteen, sixteen. What was it? The um, I, I forget the. Uh, oh, no, it was like Star Wars 13, 13, 13. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's. It sounds like that's dead. By all, that's just dead. Okay. Ooh, excuse me. I hope level I'm wrong, five. Love wrong. Say what? I said I would love to be wrong and see that's not dead. But uh, from what I hear, it's just. Oh, dead. thirteen, thirteen. Yeah. Level 5 is going to release an upgraded online enhanced version of Fantasy Life. And you might not know what Fantasy Life is because it's not out here yet, but it's an RPG slash exploration slash goof around and fish all day game that came out in the 3DS in Japan late last year. Yeah, they they had already announced it for North America earlier this year. But yeah, we didn't know that we were going to get this awesome version. Are we? We don't know for sure yet. They haven't said that it's coming out here. Okay, it sounds it, like... It should. It's, I mean, here. it's available as DLC for the original or as a standalone. Um, and it's going to have online. And so that'll be... Uh, you can play co-op over the internet once you've exchanged friend codes. And when you're online, you can exchange messages with friends, keep tabs on their progress. And there's uh, oh a website that you can look at forum stats and screenshot albums and stuff. So, And there'll be a new island to explore. So that's good. That's good news. Oh, um, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, uh, about the Star Wars thing, I saw there's been a rumor going around, like a spire accidentally leaked the fact that they uh, might be bringing Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic to the iPad. Oh, really? Like in an email, nice. they, in one of their press release emails, and the, the subject line was, the Star Wars classic RPG finally comes to iPad, and then they quickly deleted it and like... Oops. <laughs> awesome. I like it. So, who knows? All right. Shadowfell Conspiracy. That's right. A new campaign is coming to Dungeons & Dragons Online. A new expansion, I guess. Shadowfell Conspiracy is the second expansion for D&D Online. Um, how is this game still going? I'm assuming it's well. It's got a really loyal following. But yeah. it costs money. No, 
Yes. Pre-orders open today and come in two different editions. The standard edition, twenty nine ninety nine. It's money. It's it's like Guild Wars. It's buy to play. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, they have a cash shop and stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. So yeah, I mean, they, they were one of the first people to go free to play. And yeah. it's done really good for them. That's actually the reason they they took all the lessons they learned from DDO. And that's what made Lotro's free to play transition so successful. Hmm. I want to try this game. Yeah. If it's, okay. but, but I have to buy it to play it? I can't just download it um, to play it? I think, yeah. I think the base game might be free and the expansions cost right. money. Well, let's figure that out. Pokemon X and Y developer roundtable to be hosted by Nintendo at E3. I'm a little so, confused by the story. So, so yeah. they say this is going to happen after the Nintendo Direct on December 11th. That'll, right. I mean, June 11th. That'll right. take place uh, instead of their normal press conference. Right. Does so, that mean this is going to be streamed to the public? They don't yeah. say. Yeah, it's streamed to the public. No, 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 no. It's yes, a. They have an appointment thing up on the. They sent if you subscribe to the Nintendo Direct listy thingy. There's a Nintendo Direct listy thingy. Yeah. Where do I get that? I have no idea. I still haven't found it. Okay. But this is like any fan can sign up for this, right? Yeah, as far as I know. And Except none of us what? know how to do it, so I don't know if that's <laughs> true. <laughs> what? I haven't looked. Okay. Well, I'm looking. I don't see how to do it. So you said that you can, like, what? You can RSVP to watch yeah, this live stream? You didn't read the damn story. Unfortunately, the event will not be streaming. But oh, will be, my bad. This is, yeah, this is for journalists at the event. You get invited to this thing. Like every oh, other roundtable. Okay. Every year they do a developer roundtable. Like last year, wasn't no, Pikmin related? Because there are a couple places online that I've seen talking about this, and there supposedly is going to be a public Nintendo Direct. Yes, there is. There is a public Nintendo Direct. Oh, and then there's a roundtable, and that's right. not broadcast. Right, sorry, like every it. year there's a roundtable, every year. and like, We don't like get invited to those. The cream of the crop, a handful of press get invited, and they leak a game or something like that at it. Oh, and they like basically sit in a small room with just Miyamoto or whoever's the lead. Yeah, and, they, and, they and it looks like the, it's Pokemon focus this year, which is yeah, and they, sad. You know, and they all sit like a little bat, and they sit in their chair backwards, and they turn their cap around, and they just rap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Pokemon. <laughs> they all trade Pokes. Right. Yeah, Rack- we're not getting. Inv- Unfortunately, I wish we were getting invited to that. But you, like you said, cream, that that's exclusive, exclusive. Yeah, the VIP media only. Oh yeah, eighty thousand views per article. Ragnarok Odyssey Ace coming to the U.S. and Europe for PS3 and Vita in the winter. So Marvelous Entertainment and Gung Ho, um, they're bringing that out to uh, North America and Europe um, for the PS3 and the Vita. Um, it'll have Ragnarok Odyssey's dungeons, their enemies, their bosses, and weapons. It's set after the events of Ragnarok Odyssey and includes a new set of story episodes, weapon customizations, new battle system, and a set of unique ace abilities and s- six classes that they're talking about in here. Sword Warrior, Mage, Assassin, Hunter, Cleric, and the powerful Hammersmith. Um, the executive producer of the game, Kazuki Morishida. Um, it's both a sequel and an expansion of Ragnarok Odyssey. I don't know how that works, but okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, uh, what else we got? So that'll be, uh, coming out in the winter. So it'll be out in the summer in Japan. Uh, oh, Gravity would like to point out their massively multiplayer online role-playing game, Ragnarok Online 2 Legend of the Second, launched May 1st on Steam. For PC Windows PC, which is it's a relaunch still, of Ragnarok on online too, and it right? still doesn't work for me. Really, it won't yeah. run. No, it won't run. Ouch! I haven't figured out why. Well, maybe Bioware needs to apologize to you about it. 
because they apologized to 100 and 150 people because they accidentally banned them from Star Wars. <laughs> they were emailed a notification of a week-long ban, ban due to violation of terms of service. And they, <laughs> what occurred and what you folks reported is there was a small subset of players who were incorrectly caught in this tracking and subsequently actioned. Just to give you a bit of perspective, there are less than 150 people in total who were correct, incorrectly actioned. That's a fancy way of saying banned. <laughs> As part of what happened, um, you should have already been con contacted by uh, customer service as of reading this message to be get it all cleared up so they're so sorry they say we're going through great lengths to avoid situations like this again um yeah if if you still haven't had your ban undone email account disputes at swtor.com and they'll uh, they'll look into it just uh further evidence that ea is still very much not fine in case any of you are keeping up on uh, that. Well, yeah, except pretty much every MMO incorporates some sort of auto-detection ban system and Someone usually catches button. a few people. Oops. All right, and then finally, an indie release for you guys who are so tired of big, big old people like um, Bioware. The Yag, Y-A-W-H-G. It's, called, it's an indie role-playing game from artist Emily Carroll and developer Damian Summer. It'll be out May 30th. It supports four players and randomizes the story every time you play. Uh, it concerns a town bracing for the return of the dreaded Yogg, and players' decisions and actions will decide the fate of the community. Um, it includes 50 endings and uh, with ambience courtesy of sound designer Ryan Roth, who also worked on Starseed Pilgrim. Um, Emily Carroll's previous work includes uh, the mysterious comic His Face All Red. It'll be 10 bucks on Windows. Uh, you can pre-order it right now for 5 bucks though at their official website which has got a really long name so i'm not going to try and say it um oh that because that's to a store so the yog is at the yog.com y-a-w-h-g t-h-e-y-a-w-h-g.com anyone interested no okay five bucks yeah we'll think about it well go check out the site and see if you care it's almost here it's almost here Okay. The Yog. Oh. All right. That's all I got for news, guys. So is this the last episode? Yep. Uh, thank you guys for watching. This is going to be the last episode for a month. Anna and I are going on honeymoon slash vacation, and we're taking a month off from all scheduled and recurring responsibilities. So um, thank you. Um, I want you guys to know I love this show. I love doing it every week. And you guys, um, both of you participating in the show and those of you watching at home or sitting in the chat room right now, you make this possible. I may still continue the cast. Okay. I I, I know. We'll get to that. (laughs) You guys make this possible. I I love doing this and I'm not giving it up. So we will be back in a month. And thank you for your loyalty and for watching and subscribing and your reviews and your letters and your emails and all that stuff. Um, I can't wait to be back in a month and we'll, we'll do this again. Um, in the meantime, John and or other people, Scott or someone, might uh, be doing some filler shows in the meantime. Um, check those out on rpgamer.com. They might show up on the feed. Haven't really figured that out yet. Uh, so just keep keep your eyes peeled on the site. What do you think, John? You think something's going to happen? What? How should people get notified if, you, if you're able to pull together an episode? Uh, I don't know. Follow me on Twitter or something. All right. Follow John on Twitter. It's at MechaQuinn, M-E-C-H-A. Q U I N. All right. And uh, cool. I usually say you should write in and call, but um, 
I, I don't know if you if you want to it's podcastrpm.com to send a letter and 608-729-4098 if you want to troll us during the honeymoon and uh with that thank you everybody um we're gonna see you in a in a number of weeks bye bye okay bye 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 we're gonna go get bye-bye. anna's pedicure Yes. My feet are not that stinky. They're pretty stinky. There you go. That's the last thing we'll leave you with for a month. <laughs> stinky feet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Was... And thank you for the well wishes for our wedding. We appreciate it. So. Yes, that's been awesome. Thank you, guys. We're, we're registered at Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry. You shell. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye now.